Syracuse basketball shot 50% as a team from the field, hit its most three-pointers of the season, and scored the most points in an ACC game in this campaign and still lost. The 2-3 zone is in shambles. We got to talk about it. It's Locked on Syracuse, and it starts right now. You are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Syracuse. I'm Owen Valentine, back in the 315. And thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We got a lot to talk about today. Syracuse loses by 17 to Pitt in a game that is basically throwing every off the cliff in terms of Syracuse fandom. It's bad. It is a dire situation. And the 2-3 zone seems to be where everyone's focus lies at this point in time, and I think it's rightfully so. The 2-3 zone might just be too outdated to succeed in today's day of college basketball, and a lot to mention it. A lot of people bring it into the conversation. First time, uh, it's, it's absolutely paramount that something changes because this team has Syracuse fans forfeiting the rest of the season at this point in time. I sent out a poll before the pit game on Twitter, and I believe almost 50% said that they no longer care about Syracuse basketball this season. They're over it. They're done talking about it. They're done caring about it. It was 35% uh, gave the who cares before the pit game. I should send a feeler out to see what that number has switched to now, but allowed over 43 pointers combined in the last three games. They've lost their last three. They've allowed 90 plus in back-to-back games. This team is struggling and the defense is what is to blame. Offensively, the Syracuse Bass did more than enough to put itself in to win. The defensive side of the ball put Syracuse on death row able to recover in this basketball game, despite what might be their statistical best offensive performance of the season. That is how bad the defense was they wanted in order to score points. It was bad. They scored 99 points. That is this game, right? 99 points. Syracuse isn't going to win games. When things are 16 threes in this game, the program record for three-pointers for a Syracuse basketball game is 16, okay? Pitt tied Syracuse's all-time record for most threes hit in a single game, and that is just becoming the norm. Teams are hitting threes against Syracuse at will, and that is good three-point shooting teams. It is middle-of-the-pack three-point shooting teams, and it is bad three-point shooting teams having the same exact to get their fill from beyond the arc. It is awful. And I believe Orange Fizz tweeted it out during this game. This is like the 15th time this season that Syracuse has allowed 10 or more threes 
in a single game. Teams score at will from deep against the Orange. Blake Hinson uh, was the big name in this one. He hit six threes. He was absolutely chucking 17 three-point attempts in this game. Uh, Greg Elliott, similar, went uh, five for 11 from three. Pitt wasn't even shooting at an all-too-abnormal efficiency. The looks they were getting were just so solid and so frequent that they kept shooting from three. They took 41 three-pointers in this game, and if that is not indicative of what Syracuse is allowing defensively, I don't know what is. It is really bad. The 2-3 zone cannot handle today's day and age of basketball with this group of players. It is starting to be become evident and incredibly evident that the 2-3 zone cannot handle what is happening in college basketball with more and more shooters on the floor, with people spreading the court, things like that. This is the issue. And teams are able to, even in situations, right? It's not even the typical recipe of get the ball to the foul line and go to the short corner or find somebody on a three during a rotation. It's dribble the ball up the court and one pass to the wing for an open three. It's really, really simple things. That is how frequent you are getting an open three. And the wings are struggling. And the rotations are bad. And you look at it and you just wonder, how are they still playing a 2-3 zone, acting like something different is going to happen outcome-wise? You talk about the definition of insanity, right? Repeatedly doing the same thing, looking for a different outcome. You are way, way too far into the to think that this is going to just snap and be normal and be back to life, right? You do not have, you cannot snap and have the world go in exactly the way that you are thinking it will go right today and have the two, three work 30 games into the season. That is not when that transition happens. That tra transition happens midway through the non-conference if it's going to happen. You are way too far into this season to be trying something else, to not be weighing other options, to not be seeking for an answer anywhere in the face of the earth. That is how bad this currently is. It's embarrassing. It's disappointing as a fan. It is disappointing as a viewer. Okay. I don't even think Pitt is that good of a team. And the announcers praising Pitt as if they are the next coming of, I don't even know what team to compare them to. That is how much praise they are getting. And is it warranted praise? Or is Syracuse's defense that bad? I don't know. Jim Boeheim, post game, he is as defiant as ever. The 2 3 works. That is our defense. We play the 2 3 because that's the best defense we can do. We can't play man to man. Jim. Come on, consider something else. You cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that playing man-to-man -man is going to be worse in the three-game stretch that we just witnessed than playing the 2-3 zone. You cannot honestly tell me that a man-to-man -man defense would produce what we just witnessed. You got to try it. You gave one game's worth of man-to-man -man efforts.
And then you went right back into the old ways. It was promised. Young group, let's give it a shot. We're going to play more man. We're going to mix things up. We're going to do that. Now you've got a team that cannot play the zone, right? That was the conversation that was had after the conversation that's had after Pitt. It is the same narrative game after game after game, game after game, which just tells you that this team, this coaching staff are not making the necessary adjustments in order to try and win games. And it is frustrating and it is infuriating and people aren't in play. People are done looking for something else to enjoy. Another team to watch uh, down the stretch this season. Something that looks better than what Syracuse basketball on the defensive side of the ball. It is time to see something else because it is so bad. And you need to wonder, is there a thought of transition? Are we drive this into the ground? And if the program comes with it, so be it. What is happening here? Because this is a dire moment in terms of Syracuse basketball. You are approaching back-to-back years of no postseason, period. Not NIT. You are approaching back-to-back years of no postseason squat. You are not winning games. You are not winning recruits. You are struggling on so many facets, and the program is at a nosedive right now, and no one is adjusting the throttle to try and get it back up. That is dire. It is worrisome. It is awful. And it is something that I think a lot of fans are up in arms about, and it is more than warranted at this point in time. I got some other stuff within this game to break down. We'll look at some performances. Plus, we got to give him credit. You've got a guy who has struggled and a guy who has battled all season who came out with a career day in this game against Pitt. We'll give him some props. But first, let's hear from our friends over at Built Bar. But don't want all of the fat and calories. You got to try a Built Bar. And what makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right. It's real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars are like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. They're healthy, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar batter. There's churro. And I'll tell you what, once you're done, once you've enjoyed them, you can thank me later. All right, let's give the prop. props are due. Benny Williams played the game of his Syracuse basketball career against Pitt. Benny has struggled all season long, battled, right? Even missed a game, didn't show up to a game, had to deal with some stuff. Personal reasons were what was listed. It's been a tough year for him. He's frustrated with the way he's been playing. The coaches are frustrated with the way he's been playing. Fans are frustrated with the way he's been playing. Benny put that aside for this game. And you can say what you want 
And, and you can say that, you know, he hasn't been playing at the level that you need him to play at. And it's disappointing and it's frustrating. And I'll tell you what, Benny Williams is an honest enough guy and very, very self-aware that he would tell you the same thing. He is not performing at the level that you thought he would or that you want him to perform at. And I think that's what makes it so difficult. But he did come out and he put up 24 points basketball game. 24 points for Benny Williams in this game. He hadn't scored in double figures since January 16th. It had been over a month since he had put up double figures. And he came out and he battled and he was money from three. And he looked like he was having some fun and playing with confidence. And that is something that we lost with Benny. And that was the difference, right? When you're watching his his hoop mixtapes or his high school highlights, seeing the confidence and the, and that sort of mess with me attitude that he played with in high school that wasn't there last year and wasn't there this year to see him sort of bounce back and be able to confident clip and do everything that you need to do five of six from deep in this game nine rebounds he was outstanding positives in this team right now there aren't a ton this is a positive and who has grinded and who has worked to try and figure something out and i will give him credit i don't know if he stays for year three i don't know if he tries something elsewhere he wanted to figure it out at syracuse and that is why he came back from year two didn't transfer after that first year when a lot of guys would have to show that commitment to show that grind to show that grit to say, I am going to figure things out with this team. I am not going to make the excuse and another excuse and say that it's the program's fault and say that it's Syracuse's fault and say anything like that. I'm going to, I'm going to try and do that. And to come out and play the game that he played, even if it is lash in a pan, it was really cool to see what he was able to do and see that grind and see that it worked for one game it worked and you saw the Benny Williams have and I'm going to give him the praise for that and give him some props this was a tough game Pitt is a decent team and the zoo was bumping like it did back when you know pre-capel era uh early 2010s era when that place was an incredibly hostile environment and really really tough to play in and early on in that game they were bumping they were jumping they were going crazy they're yelling traitor at Judah Mintz they're doing their thing. And Syracuse shut them up for a little bit. Really did. And you thought, maybe, this is Syracuse grabbing quad one win. And then things faded out. And you had a tough stretch to close out this, or the first half. Apparently, we're going to intentionally foul on a three-point attempt, Symir. Interesting concept. I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't know what the thought process was there. But it was there. And you go into the breakdown four, and then you come out in the second half, and you, you just fall into all of the tendencies so used to. Brutal, brutal tendencies where you're not playing defense, where you are allowing them to get out in transition, where you're turning the ball over, where you're not rebounding. Those are the alarming stats. In this game, Pitt had 18 offensive rebounds. 
18 offensive rebounds. 18 offensive rebounds. Did you hear me on that? 18 leading to 25 second chance points. 25 second chance points. That is awful. You've got to step it up. You have got to be able to limit those opportunities. That is not just a Jesse Edwards conversation. That is the wings in. The wings crashing the boards. That is the difference. Watch the ball in the air. As a viewer, the basketball team does the same thing. They are spectators on opposing shots. Watch the ball. Looking, they're not expecting the ball to come to them, and Pitt is hunting the ball down because they know how easy it is to get offensive and second chance looks against Syracuse. It was not second chance opportunities, 18 offensive rebounds for them, right? 18 offensive rebounds, they had 65 possessions. That means almost one-third of Pitt's possessions, they were given an extra chance in pure numbers there. That is why the defense is faulting, right? There are so many factors leading to this, but the defense allowing second-chance opportunities, the rotations, the wide-open looks, right? When you're giving them good looks to begin with and then saying, here, try again, here, try again, here, try again, you're going to allow 100 points. You're going to allow 99 points. You are going to allow, gee, how many points did Clemson score? 90 even? 91. Right? It's awful. Awful. Awful basketball right now. Offensive side. And that is what, when you're used to Syracuse basketball, you don't see. Right, you think when you think of Syracuse basketball, you think of a team that is playing staunch defense and shutting teams down and giving them nightmares, and maybe the offense struggles a little bit. But you are now, year after year after year, switching the narrative. And this is a team that can do enough on the offensive side, but the defense is so far behind that you are unable to succeed. The zone used to cause nightmares. The zone used to be the end-all, be-all. The reason Syracuse was winning games. The reason you absolutely feared playing Syracuse basketball. Now, the zone is something teams look forward to. Your three-point shooters are overjoyed. They're excited. They're ready to pounce on the opportunity. There's no longer a worrisome factor that coincides with Jim Beheim's 2-3 zone. That's bad. I got no break here, no ad number two, but if you're listening to this, actually we'll have a quick break on both YouTube and wherever you are getting your podcast. I'm going to clap. And we're going to take a look at Twitter. And see what the Twitter world has to say about this game. Because I'll tell you what, I'm sure there are some thoughts. I'm sure there are some takes. I'm sure there are guys are having. 
Some of them probably similar to what we've talked about already today. First one, Chris Machada. Look, Jim isn't on the court, so the players do deserve some of the blame. But he and the staff obviously have not connected with players like we would have hoped. Jim is supposed to make the adjustments and just has not done it. Way too stubborn. No more excuses. Jim Beheim and stubborn coincide. And we've known that for a long time. And I don't even think he would deny that. He does what he wants to do and he sticks to it. There haven't been the adjustments you're looking for this year. There have not been those halftime adjustments to lock down a team that you're used to. And it's the want to look, and that gets you to the bigger macro question. As we talk succession plan, <clears throat> whenever that might happen, is internal the best option at this point? I don't know. That's an episode that we've done already. It's a chat we've had in the past. We did so last week. Uh, but it is a conversation that I think will be recurring for a little bit of time. Flyer one My point is the talent is on the roster, but the system is broken. Time for Coach B to hang it up. Uh, I like that first sentence. The talent is on the roster, but the system is broken. It does seem like these players could win games. The system is putting them in a tough spot, right? The defense is not enough, and it continues to not be enough. And you wonder what this team could do if they played middle-of-the-pack defense. And it's interesting, and it's a, it's a deep conversation, and I don't have have the answer, but it, it's a just a frustration thing right now. Uh, Randy Horwitz, I was going to make a snarky comment about questioning the talent on the roster, but I'm not sure it's worth it. Not sure I'll watch the rest of the games. I don't think you're alone in that narrative, right? You got a game against Georgia Tech. You got a game against Wake Forest. And outside of the Jersey retirements in 2003 celebrations, right? What is this team really selling in terms of the last two games of the season, I think there's a lot of people. Randy also added, I didn't see this, but I'll still listen to the chat. Thank you for that one. Caleb Patry, 64 points and a half. Pitt scored 64 second half points. 64 second half points. That's like that NBA game that happened the other day. That was like 161 to 100 going into double overtime or something like that. Uh, that is a nutty game. Uh, 64 points and a half. That is absurd. Um, I think it's awfully optimistic of me to record games these days with an extra hour after end time in case they go into overtime. Yeah. Uh, you might need extra time because the game is so high scoring in that regard, but yeah, overtime has not really been a worry in a lot of these games so far. Uh, can we get a statistic on how many uncontested shots teams get against Cuse compared to how many they get? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I don't have it. I don't know if anyone has it. I will try and take a peek. But I think that's a really interesting detail because of the open looks that opposing teams consistently get against Syracuse. Wide open threes, wide second chance points. And that's a big contributor, right? When you're getting chance points, typically defense is not organized. And a quick pass or two will get you that wide open look. And those second Second chance points on a pass from the inside is not in the highest of regard with some things are going on there, but I think it's a NATO boats drill where, you know, you got to go in, uh, in terms of getting the three because that inside pass to an ori is so good in terms of being able to catch and the percentage on that catch and shoot from an interior pass back out beyond the arc 
is a really, really good percentage shot and is typically the best looks that you get from three. And Syracuse allows them so frequently. Uh, Steven Devine, it's not unfair to say that today's game just isn't conductive to running the zone the whole game. I'm not saying his legendary approach is antiquated, but I'm saying it could be. I think the narrative is starting to shift with you, that the zone just isn't what it once was and isn't as lethal as it once was. And a lot of that you could contribute to the game shifting, right? Uh, when the zone was at its prime, you weren't as three-point heavy teams. You didn't have five guys on the court that could shoot the three or four guys on the court that were going to be able to shoot the three. And now that is way more the norm and the commonality, and you're not seeing uh, as gritty big men and games that I believe as Brent X put in an article, right? Games against Pitt that were grinded out, hustled games where you're playing incredibly physical and teams just, and that is starting to shift. Uh, Jeff Kilkenny, Benny was great today. Yes, he was. Give him the props. He deserves them. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that can continue uh, to close the season out just so that whatever he chooses to do, uh, his time at Syracuse at least closes or finishes this season with a spark. Uh, John Padula, Jimmy, it's time. Maybe. That's for you guys to chat. Uh, Mike Dombrowski taking it a step further. Clean house. Uh, Dunner, Pitt didn't miss in the second half. Uh, they did, but when they did miss, uh, they got the ball right back and put it back up for another basket. Um, Pitt bought themselves a hell of a team for sure. I don't know if they bought themselves a team, but they hit the transfer market about as good as anyone did in the ACC. And Syracuse is going to need to take notes, try and do that for next season. Uh, Tanner Hayden, Benny had himself a day. It's 2023. Everyone can shoot. I was just saying this. The zone doesn't work anymore. Uh, it hasn't worked. And it's not worked with this group, with this team. Last couple of seasons, it's interesting. Uh, I use the word putrid, B. Krell, three most staunch status quo folks have to be rethinking their positions. More and more and more people are struggling right now. And Jim Beheim threw that number, want me to stay. That number can't be the same, even in his mind. I don't think it was right to begin with, but that number is dropping. And the approval rating is not where it needs to be. Uh, and that is something. Maybe I'll send a tweet out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Get some feedback on the confidence meter in Jim Beheim as a head coach. Uh, Dave R4691. Jim has to go, takes no accountability, always blames players, and stubbornly refuses to change his approach while getting torched. So much talent on the roster, and he's setting this program back years. Oh, boy. It's not a good state. The state of the program is is not where you be. They have players, I think. They have some talent. They just need to get to the next level, and maybe that is a coaching thing. I don't know. I'm going to try and have some conversations with some people uh, so that later this week we can take a look a little bit more in depth as to some of these ideas. But, yeah, there are a lot of hot takes and takes that were hot at the start of the year. Uh, are no longer that hot. Uh, there is a lot of confirmation as to some things that are currently happening with Syracuse basketball. And that's probably 
where we leave things off for today. Thank you for making Lockdown on Syracuse your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown College. It's a fun show. They bring some good interviews from big name experts, players throughout college basketball. It's Lockdown College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got some conversation. Syracuse plays Georgia tomorrow. I'll have a preview for that, although I don't really think anyone cares, which is frustrating. It's infuriating, but that is what it is. Join the conversation with us at LO underscore Syracuse. Follow along with us on there. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're getting a podcast, if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe there. You can find another video uh, right there. I think other than that, I'm sorry this is disappointment. I'm sorry it's frustrating, uh, but it is what it is. And let's take the next steps, have some conversations, see where we go from here. Uh, As we head into the, which could be very short-lived for Syracuse, I'll catch you tomorrow.